0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Terry. With me, as always, is John Beatty. How are you doing? Doing good. It's always
1: great when you get to lead these intros and outros, because you know what that means.
0: I mean, it means that I probably did the interview. That's usually usually how that goes.
1: Hey, that's exactly right. And who did you get to talk to this time?
0: uh chuck billy from testament tasty mint tasty mint absolutely are everybody's favorite vape pen weed slinging thrash metal singer chuck billy this was actually a great conversation um Chuck was uh feeling better after several weeks of being uh really beaten down by this COVID-19 uh virus that he uh I guess ended up contracting whenever he was out on tour um in Italy, I believe. I
1: think you're right, yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, I probably should have asked him that. Uh but uh how's the Italian food? Right, that's what I should have been like, well, "What was the Italian I mean, was it <laughs> whenever you ate right before you started feeling bad? Did you feel like it was worth it?" But no, this was uh this was a good chat. I, I really like talking about, like, lyrics and and album themes and, and stuff like that. I mean, the, the virus stuff is cool. Like, okay, let me rephrase that. The virus stuff isn't cool, Um, but the virus stuff is, you know, what everybody wants to hear about right now. Um, And I'm honestly kind of tired of hearing about it, so it was kind of nice to have a conversation that... Wasn't, uh, you know, a hundred percent about that. I wanted to talk about the New Testament record. Uh, As I say in the interview, I've listened to it twelve times now, uh, four of which was just today leading up to this interview. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think to quote Lauren Kozlowski from the Roach Coach podcast, the boys did it again.
1: I have. Actually, you and I, when we were messaging, when we got the advance of this record, and I put in the request to have you talk to Chuck Billy, because, uh, full transparency, I know it's a phrase I've been saying a lot lately on the podcast, but full transparency, um, Dan wasn't too keen on doing a conversation with Chuck Billy about weed pens and vaporizers and such, um... But it was an interesting opportunity to get to talk to somebody. And sometimes that's what this podcast game is all about is you do some of these kind of weird off the cuff kind of interviews where you stick to a certain thing. It may not be what you're into, but it showcases that you can be professional and talk about something. Maybe when you really, 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 really want to talk about something else. And I think we did a great job of taking the opportunity to talk to Chuck Billy solely about his, his line of vaporizers and all that kind of stuff. And and talking to Chuck about something that isn't necessarily in Dan and I's wheelhouse, but I think we had a great time talking to him about it. I think we got some interesting stories at the time, but I know when Dan and I finished, Dan was like, it really would have been cool to talk about Testament in any way, shape or form. And especially being on the Slayer tour and all that kind of stuff. So when this came about, I was like, here's the opportunity for Dan to basically get to, talk to chuck at length about testament and that's why like you know to me personally testament should be in the big four i think they are ugh, blasphemous as it may be i think you put testament in there instead of Megadeth, personally
0: oh i totally agree i don't even know what's controversial about that statement i figured you would
1: say anthrax is the one you take out of that out of the big four
0: well Anthrax. okay so here's the deal i would take anthrax out and Megadeth, I don't know, man. This is one of those impossible situations. <laughs> Are we on discography discussion? I don't really want a... Uh, I mean, dude, I'm here, so I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't want to say necessarily that Megadeth has to be out. <laughs> I just don't want to say that, because I, I love some Megadeth. I really do. But I also really love some Testament. And when you And when you look at both of those bands' discographies... I think Testament is stronger. I
1: wholeheartedly agree
0: because okay, so Megadeth they went out and they put out a record called Risk. Which, uh, Oof. if you don't if you don't remember from episode, I don't know, five or six, it was really early episode of discography discussion. I had a little bit of a meltdown uh, on that. <laughs> Uh, about that record i've never had a have never had a meltdown like that in regards to a testament record because megadeth went for the more mainstream like pop rock almost country sound um which i mean honestly let's be let's be real here metallica did the same thing um during those same years testament was putting out records like demonic which were you know super brutal growl fest records So, I mean, if you want to give a band credit for staying metal when nobody else was metal um they they were they were really killing it so i mean in that regard i would put them in above megadeth but if i don't have to get reg if i don't have to get rid of megadeth i won't i'll get rid of Anthrax.
1: yeah i mean for me i mean everyone's been doing these brackets like who's the best you know truscule versus ferret who's the best of the oath you know the 2000s emo who's the best you know these things and it's like a bracketology type thing and Well, you know, what's interesting is like I filled out one on Instagram the other yesterday. I got nominated finally. And I was like, and someone goes, oh, my God. And it was like, you know, best 2000s emo. And for me, it was Alexis on Fire. And, you know, a friend goes, oh, hot take Alexis on Fire. And I go, I think like full, you know, half of the bracket I thought sucked. Like, I don't like any of those bands that were like pitted against each other. So it's like, all right, well, I like some of this band's shit. Uh, but the, so that's why they won out against somebody else. But like you look at it and you're like, all right, Finch, they're going to go pretty far, because obviously I like Say Hello to Sunshine. I think What It Is to Burn is obviously a great record. I think they're cattle... Yeah,
0: but then there's that third record. I
1: don't... Well, hold on. There's actually the EP, which is really fucking good, which is like a solid mix of What It Is to Burn and the uh, Say Hello to Sunshine.
0: I don't know what you just said, because I don't know what an EP is. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, that's right. You skipped those on discography discussion. Uh But that's a solid EP. Then they put out, uh, what is it, Back to Oblivion?
0: yeah. Um, I
1: don't think that's a bad record, but I mean, to to keep moving on so we don't get stuck on this.
0: It's not a bad record, but it's just, uh, welcome to discography discussion speaking. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad record. It's just, it's just not like the other two at all. It's a total departure. Yeah. Uh, um. does it really fit in that category? at that point.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. But like going through the going through that like it was like okay, like I like this song, I like this song. Like it was like who had the like bigger one or two songs I may know if I wasn't a big fan of the band as a whole and that's what pushed that band through to the next round but then it was like like looking at it, it's like there were six bands out of that whole thing where i was like it's clear-cut who's gonna make it to like the lat like the you know sweet 16 the elite eight the the final four and really it came down to like the whole time because on either side of the bracket i was like well it's probably gonna be like just looking at the names i was like it's probably gonna be between alexis on fire and thrice and that's exactly what it came down to and i was like i think for me as much as i love art like it really came down to who had the bigger like breakthrough record for me and while i think thrice has the thrice has some really solid records i think for me alexis on fire has more monumental records um you know crisis obviously is a fucking huge record and to me right. artist in the ambulance is that record for me but i don't think it's as strong as crisis and that's kind of what it boiled down to Now, how that correlates to what we're talking about, I think Testament has better records overall. And I think their quote unquote lower lesser records are better than Megadeth's records of the era. And I definitely, you know, something I was texting to you when, you know, listening to this new record. I think the last couple of Testament records are some of the best that they put out. They sound current and as good as they ever have. I think Chuck sounds phenomenal on this new record. I think the riffs, the solos, the production, just the songwriting, the way the record flows song to song. This is some of the strongest material they've been putting out and they're 30 fucking years into a career.
0: Yeah, I, that's that's. I mean, and that's even what Chuck says in the interview. Spoilers, um, <laughs> but like he's like, yeah, we're we're focused just on this now. It's not, uh, you know, it's not about sex, drugs, and rock and roll anymore. It's about how do we put out the best records that we can put out you know and that's exactly what they're doing and you know whenever he says yeah we feel young again we feel vibrant we don't have any signs of slowing down i mean you the records back that up that's not just something some dude saying in an interview you know yeah and
1: was definitely one of those things where you know that was kind of something thinking about that like you know you and like i said you and i were talking about this record you and i are talking kind of about everything leading up to this this conversation for you and Just kind of kept reminding me why I think Testament really should be in the forefront of the Big Four conversation, even though they're always looked at from a a mainstream perspective as a second tier band the the second of the four you know between um you know i'm kind of actually surprisingly drawing a blank on some of these other bands that i'm thinking of but usually it's like you know your testament your death angels your uh exodus your, yeah exodus um i think there's one more and I, I can never fucking remember but i always feel like it's because everyone puts that last band and it's it's different like i <laughs> you'll probably laugh at this because you know sometimes you'll hear people say like iced earth should be in that second wave
0: of the the other big four. Um, I don't... Which is ridiculous, because they're not even a thrash band. They're like Iron Maiden wannabes. Yes. That can go on the record. Don't cut that out. I, I
1: won't cut that out. Um, so, I mean, it, it's just interesting to me. Um, it, I I just hope people ob- also don't think I didn't want to be a part of this, because I don't like this style of music, or I don't like this band. That is 100% not the f- fact. Uh, it just was more that I... F- <laughs> I felt I owe Dan just a solo interview with Chuck because I dragged him <laughs> through a weed interview.
0: <laughs> Dude, it was fine. I mean, Chuck Chuck absolutely sold me on that product. You haven't bought any. <laughs> well, I can't.
1: Uh, you can't.
0: It's it's against the law, but anyway. Anyway,
1: anyway, let's get to your conversation with Chuck Billy of fucking testament, and we will talk to you guys on the back side of that.
0: Chuck? Yeah. Hey Chuck, how you doing? This is Dan from the Burley good. Speaking Podcast. What's happening? How are you, Dan? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I guess the How's more important it? question is, how are you doing?
2: You know, I'm a little better and better every day.
0: That's what I've been hearing.
2: It's been three weeks now and, you know, felt awful for about two weeks. <laughs> sure. And better and better for the last week. And I think, you know, I think we're we're right there. You know, I wouldn't say we're 100%. percent not sure if we're not contagious because we just don't know. They're not going to retest us. Right, and uh, but we're gonna still stay quarantined and just kind of ride it out for a little longer. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, it's kind of an interesting time we're in right now because you've got so much right now to be excited about, um, (laughs) and probably feel like you can't do a whole lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we, you know, there was some talk about postponing the record release and. You know, we have our campaign in motion and it started and we just figured, you know, people got a lot of time in the hands. So let's put out the record. Sure. Even though we know we're going to get hit, probably, you know, our first week sales, physical sales will probably won't be very good. You know, people can't get out and pick up the physical record, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how the digital sales compare to like last time.
0: Right. Digital and streaming and all that. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that I, I've been, since the record's out now, I've probably spun it about 12 times since then, which is uh, ridiculous because there's all this other stuff I'm supposed to be listening to as well. But um, <laughs> awesome. but, but your uh, your newest single uh, that you dropped off the album, uh, Children of the Next Level, um, obviously is about the Heaven's Gate suicide Heaven's cult. Gate, yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought that was really cool. I'm really into that sort of stuff, that kind of uh, cult stuff, you know, Heaven's Gate. Jonestown, a lot of that kind of stuff right um and i guess my question for you is what uh what inspired you to write a song about that especially considering how long ago it was well
2: i mean like that was the first song we wrote for this record music and lyrics and i think maybe it could have been right off our last record the brotherhood of the snake really i think the lyric content um and the vibe you know because that record is about futuristic kind of like aliens creating mankind Right kind of theme, and that this that that could have been like you know right off of that record. So I thought maybe that's where this record was going to continue with, but it kind of really took a different turn once Eric started hitting me with all these other songs. Right, right. You know, and all the other songs he gave me had such a different feel and vibe to them. You know that they really just started having these their own identity. You know, like songs like Gates of Ishtar and Code of Hammurabi and songs like that just have a total different feel to them and just, you know, different. um, I think like also there's a lot of songs where, You know, Eric wrote songs this time where he chose to play different chord progressions that, you know, aren't typical Testament or metal, you know, but and it it was maybe something I was out of my comfort zone a little bit. But it made it challenging, I guess, and made me, I guess, get a little more creative and push me out of my comfort zone and try new things. Right. Uh, On this record, like songs like City of Angels, you know, I found myself trying and finding a new textural voice on that. And, you know, I never do harmonies and I did it on the bridges of that song and it really came together. And, you know, after 13 records to find new things to do and try, I thought it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing that I thought was really different too, was the video, uh, for children of the next level with it being yeah. in that nineties cartoon style. It kind of reminds me of those SNL shorts that they used to do back in the nineties. It ties in perfectly to the time period, you know, of the, uh, content of the song as far as being about Heaven's Gate.
2: Yeah, and I've seen the guy's work who did it, and a lot of it like that. It, it just it was really cool the, the way he makes these looks for characters, you know? Yeah. Um, and when I seen it, I, I said well, I could really picture the children of the next level. And um, it had this, something to do with just trying something new, but also, I mean, we had so much tours lined up, we should be in, on the tour coming up and we didn't have time to shoot a video. So that's why we really said, you know, since we can't find the time, let's just make it an animated one. And I think the Heaven's Gate story would make a really cool storyline, you know, as far as animation goes.
0: Right. Well, and Gene Hoagland should have been right at home with that, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Yeah.
2: exactly. But the guy did a great job, the finished product. I mean, you know, when he first wanted to do it, you know, songs that long, he doesn't do and wanted to edit. And we just kind of really wanted to keep the song as it was so he did as best he could and he completed in time and did an awesome job doing it
0: so whenever you say that the album kind of came into a different vibe than what you'd started out with i know with the album being called titans of creation um you know and there's not a title track you know obviously for that uh for that title uh was that kind of uh where you were going as far as it getting a little bit more um I, guess, I don't want to say like mythological based on some, like because some of the songs are very much rooted in real life, but others are yeah are, are more fantasy. So was that kind of the idea behind that?
2: Um, yeah, but Titans of Creation ca- ca- came after it was all finished. Um, the album artwork was completed, all the layout of the record and the vinyls, everything was finished. We just didn't have the name of the record. And we kept looking at it and trying to figure out, what is this called? What is this called? And, you know, you, we knew that, they're pouring vats of DNA creating life. So we knew it had to be something with creation or creating or, you know, these gods guys, guys are swinging hammers. Is it hammer the gods? Is it, uh, you know, we couldn't figure it out. And I think it was five days, maybe even sooner, that we had to deliver the record to the label, mm-hmm. all the finished product. That's when Eric, I think, came up with Titans of Creation. We're like, okay, yeah, because we were saying demons or angels or aliens of Creation. And then we couldn't find the right one, and then Eric came up with Titans. And it was like, you know, Titans Ocratia, that's pretty bold. and Yeah, those guys could be Titans. Right. Like, that sounds good. And that's, we kind of went with it and right then it kind of made sense.
0: Absolutely. Well, and it fits into you guys being thrash Titans, you know, <laughs> in that respect as well. Right, right.
2: Well, you know, I mean, when we first brought that, that was kind of something I was thinking. well, is that being like over, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of patting ourselves on the shoulder kind of thing, kind of people are going to get a sense of, but you know, yeah, you know, we'll we'll tell the story of how it came together. You know, it's why it's not a title track. For the, right, you know, call
0: that right. Well, I mean, at this point, I would say you guys probably could get away with it, you know, <laughs> at least once. <laughs> um, but you know, you had mentioned that uh, you you guys had thought about pushing the album back. Obviously, um, with everything that's going on, um, you know, and so your decision ultimately was to go ahead and release it. Did that? Did that scare you at all in the sense of like, ooh, we're gonna put this out, and we're not gonna really be, we're not gonna be able to support it right away on you know on the road and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, but. You know, um, at the end of the day, we wanted to have it out there just because people are sitting at home. People are on the internet, they can you know check out the song, the record, download it, and that's probably what it's gonna happen. like I said, we're interested to see how the physical sales are at the end of the week compared to last year, if it's how how big of a jump digital is because of what we're going through. Right. You know, and we figure, you know, at the end of the day, people hear about the record or hear the songs on Sirius, whatever, you know, they'll get around to go picking it up eventually, you know.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be gunning for that vinyl. Um, but I think uh, I think what's interesting about about that record and the way that it sounds, um, having listened to it so many times now, it, it's got that it's got that thrash sound to it that you guys obviously you know um, yeah I'll say it pioneered in a lot of ways your own your own unique sound you know not sounding like the other bands right. in the genre. Um, but you know I noticed that I mean o- over the course of your career in like the 90s there was a lot more experimentation with the sound and it seems like you know in re- you know m- most recent records you guys have kind of swung back to that um do do you feel like there's a little bit of an obligation to metal now to keep it to keep it more thrash or to try to not really follow any kind of trend
2: Well you shouldn't follow trends you keep true to what you do and what you do best um I think we've always liked to try to keep it thrashy yeah, you know, but we've always Eric's always tended to always put something against that grain too, and make real sludgy stuff or slower stuff. You know, it's it just isn't thrash start to finish because I think that would kind of just be boring. Well, that's sure, all yeah. we did, you know. So um, yeah, I think this one definitely is definitely thrashier than our last record. But I think as a whole, the songs are just totally have a different inspiration. I know just Eric, again, songs that inspired him, like Ishtar's Gate, you know, for example, you know, we went to Israel and then we went to the museums in Berlin and seen the gate. I know when he first gave me that song, I was like, okay, this is at first I was like, really, this is doesn't sound like New Testament to me, you know, but I lived with it and and wrote to it and you know it's just it was a different inspiration you know a lot of these different vibes of music he gave me on this record
0: yeah each track has its own distinct feel um i think that's that's the most memorable part of it is that you know you're not even if you love one song you're not going to necessarily get that immediately after you know right um with all the songs having their own vibe, is there is there a personal favorite that you have out of? each? I mean, I know you know when a new album comes out, you're supposed to say, "Oh yeah, they're all all of them are my favorite." But if you had one that you're looking forward to playing uh, to playing out the most whenever you get a chance to again, which which one would that be?
2: Well, "Children of the Next Level" probably. Just I've always related that track just being the most solid track after even after writing all the songs and the writing process that that one just stood at it and we did start playing that at the end of the tour that we just did Yeah, and it was one of those songs you know I think we practiced maybe four or five sound checks before we started playing it and it came together really quick you know and it was like man that just sounds we didn't have to work on it as much and it was just tuned together so that that song there probably is one of my favorite you know the, the sleeper song on the record was City of Angels which I really actually didn't want to make the record because it felt too slow and too sluggish and too repetitive and it was really long and I just didn't get it when I first heard it, you know, but somehow it found its way on the record, just this magical way, you know, when I was writing the, the last, of uh, the songs, I, I, I write with a guy in LA named Del and, um, he wanted to hear the song because I said, well, I don't I really don't want it to make the record. And he's like, play it for me. So I played it and he gave me these lyrics that he had written. And he said, just try it with these words. And I did and it fit perfectly. <laughs> so I took it home and recorded it like two days later. And that's the song where I actually found different new textures of voice I haven't used on some recordings and tried some new things. And, and it ended up being... Just this like really standout track that I really didn't want to make the record in, and it found its way on the record and it turned out turned out to be really good.
0: Well, I'm glad that it did because it's one of my favorites on there, especially because I'm I'm a huge fan of true crime and and all that and serial killers and stuff. So for for it to be kind of a, a kind of a, a slower song, but like a little bit more I don't know creepy maybe is the right word yeah, and it being yeah. about and Richard the Ramirez the Night Stalker, great, right? Yeah, you know,
2: yeah, it's a great great theme for that. It's perfect for it. I'm like I say, And once he gave me the words, I I read it, went through it. And I'm like, man, you just have just enough words for this long ass song. And it (laughs) worked. You know, so it's just weird the way it just found its way made its way I don't want to say actually on the record
0: yeah absolutely well it, yeah and it, it it works too it definitely breaks it up too it's like what you said earlier you don't want everything to just be one speed go you know yeah um, and uh, with it kind of going back to the to the thrash question or whatever um, you know the last time I saw you guys live was the uh, was the slayer anniversary tour uh, in st. Yeah. Louis and um, you know now that now that slayer is essentially gone um It's kind of a weird question. I apologize, but now that they're gone, um, do do you feel you know being one of the last original you know thrash bands out there? Do you feel any obligation to the fan you know the fans of metal in general to kind of fill that void for them?
2: Uh, I mean, Slayer shoes are a big void to fill. So, um, but you know, and I've been asked questions. You know, are we thinking of doing the same thing that Slayer did, and do we see it in our future? And we really don't. You know, right now, I think we're in the best place we've been as a band we're solid as friends and musicians and and we're enjoying what we're doing right now and we just don't see that i mean we're not feeling that i think all, we're lucky that everybody in the band doesn't feel their age you know sure. we, all, we all feel young at heart and ready to go
0: well and amidst dropping dropping the album you know during the pandemic it, it, you know has there been um What has the reception been for you guys as far as, uh, not necessarily sales, because I don't even think we're at week one sales yet, but, uh... (laughs) as far as uh as far as like critical reception did, is it uh is it being received well
2: it's been received well and i think um everybody's kind of recognizing the same thing there's a kind of a, a pattern of everybody just really noticing the songs really have their own identity and they really stand out individually on this record i think that's been a common thing people have recognized
0: yeah absolutely well that is awesome there's a uh, w- one of the things that uh, my co-host me to ask was, uh, you know, with, with the band being, you know, I mean, you guys have got such a legacy, no pun intended, um, <laughs> as a band, ha, has, been, has being around this long, um, ha, have you recently, you know, reflected, I guess, on, on on how many different places you guys have been, and, um, you know, like, I, I guess it's just kind of a cheese question, but just <laughs> like...
2: Well, we, we do, you know, it's funny that you say that, because me and my wife, we always say that this big way and we're all just We should get a world map that's just like eight feet tall, you know, and 20 feet wide and let's just get pins and just put, up where we've been our whole career, everywhere we've been, and just take a look at that, see what that looks like. And see where we wanna go. I mean it's it's kind of odd because um we ask our agents now in, in well anywhere, but our European agent, get us to those places that we've never been, you know, where people don't go. We'd wanna go do that. You know, we went to Kathmandu um a few months back and, you know, they told us it was gonna don't expect a lot. It's really gonna be bad equipment, and everything and it ended up being really good. They really took care of us. It was a nice festival. Everybody was great. And it was just an experience, you know. So, you know, at this point in our life and career, those experiences are pretty cool and we actually take the time to actually enjoy it instead of like in the early years we didn't see a lot we were everywhere but you know i'm I'm sure there's a lot more partying going on and a lot more sleeping in and hangovers going on at that time than there is now
0: right yeah and that that's another question too is you know it being um being at this point your career you have more of a chance to focus on what you really care about which is the music you know maybe maybe the parties aren't as important to you in the um just just that lifestyle is it do you think that that contributes to why you guys all still feel young more or less is that you are focused in on this one thing versus you know just trying to have 18,000 yeah, experiences think, in each experience you know
2: yeah I mean I think that has a lot to do with today with the show is number one focus and we all are focused on our performance trying to be a hundred percent where I think in our younger years it was sex drugs rock and roll those party you know that's what it was all about you know and I think It shows because I think we perform and are performing better than we ever have. And maybe just because we are taking care of ourselves and not hung over and more focused on performing that it's better for us we are performing better the crowd's getting a better
0: show so you know well and what have you guys got i mean i know it's kind of hard to say now but you know what have you guys got uh in the can as far as uh as far as touring and things like that i mean obviously unless this thing lasts for like six months or something
2: right well we're taking a day at a time i mean of course we just had to cancel well it would have been last week we'd have been home but it was Australia, Singapore, Thailand, and Indonesia, we canceled and we're supposed to be starting our American tour here in a few weeks. That's going to get postponed. Um, and change. And now summer in Europe, the festivals we're supposed to go over in July through August, some of those have canceled. So we're kind of waiting to see how that unfolds. And um, the next thing in the books, we're working on a tour in the U.S. for September that we're trying to wrap up now and just cross our fingers once it's booked that it actually happens, (laughs) um, and get back to normal. But, um, that's about it. You know, I mean, it's, um, it's a big hit, you know, everybody had a lot of plans and all the crew and everybody had paychecks that we're not going to get right now. And, you know, it's, it's a big shocker
0: right now. Yeah. I I would imagine this is, this has got to be the rock star equivalent of getting laid off, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well and have you seen um you know there's been a few bands and just musicians uh, on their own have it seems like they've been live streaming performances yeah on video is that anything that you guys have ever thought about doing
2: we haven't thought about it but i see you know i know alex did some stuff on zoom with charlie benante mm-hmm. you know um and that stuff can be kind of cool you know if we could pull it off that'd be fun um I'm sure you know. Once we watch how this thing unfolds, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot more cool and things and personal little shows people are creating to keep busy and keep connected. You know, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Man, put our heads together, and start thinking of something.
0: That would be very cool. Well, Chuck, I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to me today. Um, this uh, this worked out really well. As I <laughs> I'm actually at, at work on my lunch break, and my boss uh, was, was kind enough. Of, he's like, "You're gonna go talk to Chuck Billy? Absolutely. Take the take the time." I said, "Cool." <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, right we're, on. We're all a very metal workplace. So I really appreciate it, man. I, I wish the best for you and can't wait to see you out yeah. on the road as soon as I can. Yeah, we have, can't wait to see you back out there,
2: hopefully, eventually. So, um, you know, once the world gets going again, it's like it's standing still right now. So,
0: right. Awesome. All right. Alrighty. Well, yep. You thank you. Day. You too. Thanks. Right, Take y'all. care. And that was my conversation with Chuck Billy of Testament. Need I say more? No, you don't. Well that's it. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. I mean, Ch- Chuck said it. The band's not going anywhere. They feel younger than they've ever felt. Their last three, four, five records have been incredible. Um, they're always looking to redefine themselves. No, maybe not so much that part. We-, we talked about that a little bit in the episode where I was like, it seemed like you guys tried to redefine yourselves a little bit in the 90s, but then you kind of have come back to where you're at. But at the same time, all, all those redefinitions, like, that's all still there. So, like, I feel like, you know, Really, this album would appeal to people that were into Testament at really at any point in their career.
1: Well, what's interesting to me about this record, and you know, some of the other bands that have from this era that are coming out now, like you know, Death Angel put out a record recent, somewhat recently. Um, you're seeing some of these older legacy bands putting out records, and it seems like you know, fuck it, you can't help but notice that the '90s are basically coming back as far as the style and fashion goes, and I think. It would seem that thrash kind of is coming back into play. I mean, you see bands, I, Iron Reagan kind of infuses a little bit more punk into the thrash elements. But you see a band like Iron Reagan. You see a band like, granted, I know they share members, but Municipal Waste. And there are a lot of bands that kind of are are bringing thrash back into the forefront of metal. And you're seeing bands like Testament who are catching a, dare I say, a third or fourth wave of this style of music with heavy metal fans. And it's great to see because there is a reason that they are one of the best and originators of this sound. And this latest record, I think, or like you said, the latest couple of records showcases why they are a fucking force to be reckoned with. And anybody who got to see them on the Slayer tour, if you showed up really early... uh got to see why this band still brings it and they're not you know not resting on what they did 25 30 years ago Slayer
0: Metallica uh, yeah i mean I'll say what? It. you're not you're not going to see Metallica to hear frantic um that's not my main reason i don't know I, I don't know if i'd go and see metallica like let's let's be honest like i mean i i like them i've seen them I've never seen them. Um, they put on a great show. They're a fantastic band. But I've also seen Testament. And Testament is just like a real thrash band. <laughs> like, So it's one of those deals where, because like Testament is still a thrash band. Metallica used to be a thrash band. How, how, are, they, how are they still part of the considered top tier big four? Because they sell stadiums. You know, like when I was telling people who I was interviewing today, they were like, you know, Oh well, what 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 does Testament sound like? I'm like, you ever heard Metallica? Yeah. Imagine if Metallica was still good. (laughs) You know, because it's it's and it's not that Metallica's rock stuff isn't. It was like terrible. I mean, it's not it's not unpalatable. It's fine. Um, but you know, Testament's the real deal. I guess is what I'm what I'm trying to shove down all your throats here is that you know they were original and 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 you know to, to give back to your original point john they the reason why they are so endeared to metal fans now is because it's got that classic feeling, you know. Like whenever you're, whenever you're a kid and you hear Iron Maiden for the first time, and you're like start checking out Iron Maiden, you find out that there's this immense back catalog that you have to check out, and it it enhances the experience as you gain each album and as you go back. And with Testament, it's kind of the exact same thing, where you know somebody that might be into some of the newer wave thrash bands, um, they're gonna check out Testament and be like, oh wow, this band's been around since 1980. What you know and and then they're going to go back and they're going to listen and they're going to they're going to hear low they're going to hear demonic they're going to hear they're going to go all the way back to the legacy and they're going to be like wow like this band has content that's never ending you know in this modern day and age they are a binge worthy band
1: i think that's the thing that right on the news for these guys um you know that basically where metallica's where depending on where you fall with anthrax whether you like john bush era whether you only like joey belladonna
0: um It's one of those. I mean, I think it all sucks equally. That's fine. I'll disagree
1: with you on that, but regardless, you you can't. I
0: know Uh, you're wrong, but you can say whatever you gotta say.
1: But it's one of those things. I I think unanimously we can all admit that Metallica had a lull, that Megadeth had a lull, that Anthrax maybe didn't hit where you wanted them to be commercially and critically, and Some people would probably argue that Testament has fallen to some of those pitfalls as well, but I think by and large, Testament's discography has stood head and shoulders above everyone else. However, it hasn't had the overwhelmingly commercial success that Megadeth, Anthrax, Metallica have had. And that's not slighting, you know, it's not slighting the band at all. I think it's just speaking to the reality of they've never been able to reach that level because they've never been pushed to that level either. And that's why for me, like whenever people, you know, have this big four discussion I'm always of the mind that I honestly think Testament belongs in there and sadly are often overlooked with... Typically, when you kind of do this thing, Anthrax is the... Like, if we're looking at the big four, Anthrax is the first of four on that bill always, and Testament's just kind of under the radar of of Anthrax, and I think it's maybe due to the commercial viability of them, but it's not because the songs and the the catalog aren't as strong. Um, Personal preference, I think.
0: All I know is that I saw and I saw Napalm Death, Testament, Anthrax, uh Lamb of God and Slayer and maybe another band. I don't remember. Uh but I remember oh yeah, Slayer. That that was the band I forgot. No, you uh, said them. Did I say, oh, I did say Slayer. Okay. Wait, was cool. that the God Hates Us All uh, Cycle? No, it was the uh Slayer Farewell Tour.
1: Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're right.
0: And and I remember I remember watching watching all the bands play Napalm Death obviously they were Napalm Death they were great um, and then Testament came out and this giant circle pit started on the lawn and everybody was just going nuts I mean you know St Louis isn't like the most cultured metal town but when Testament came out they knew they were hearing some great A stuff and then Anthrax came on and they played for like twenty minutes and there were at least one to two hundred people. That were screaming, bring Testament back out! I don't want, the, I don't want this band. I don't want this band that, that's on here right now. Like, bring that that last band. Bring those guys back. Those guys were awesome. That's that's what I remember. Well,
1: all of that aside, obviously, I
0: had had a few space dust.
1: That's okay. I've had a, a full growler of a really solid bourbon barrel aged beer that I bought today, and I, I'm sipping currently on a uh, a whiskey coke. Uh, to get through some of these recordings—not get through—to enjoy these recordings. Um, but all that aside, I feel like we should wrap up this episode because I feel like you and I could have the the great Big Four, Big Eight, Sweet Sixteen debates uh, of thrash bands. Obviously, it's something Patreon. that we're uh, sure that's something that we're pretty passionate about. Um, so let's wrap this up. Uh, if you would like to follow Testament, you can find Testament on Facebook at Testament Legions, Instagram at testament official twitter at testament and you can find them at testamentlegions.com and if you'd like to follow chuck billy on twitter you can find him at chuck fucking billy F C K N billy uh i didn't see him on instagram but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not there and if he is and i couldn't find it by the time we're recording this look in the show notes just look on whatever you're listening to this on and It'll probably be there. If you'd like to give up with Dan and whatever he's fucking doing, F C K I N, uh <laughs> Yep. Dan will, and... Dan will tell you where he can be found fucking on the internet.
0: I mean basically, uh I'm at home a lot now. Like home a lot. Are you not working? And uh, no, I'm working.
1: Oh, okay. I was like, Jesus, are you lucky enough to not have to work now?
0: No, those those uh those oxygen machines aren't gonna, you know, fix themselves. Yes I am. Uh no they, they they don't really i've i've tried but they they don't apparently I have to, like, use tools or whatever. But you guys don't care about that. You guys just care about, you know, stuff that I talk on. And uh, that would be my other podcast, Discography Discussion, which is on DiscussMetal.com, along with the Discuss Metal podcast, the Movie Mosh podcast, which is on hiatus right now because apparently it's illegal for us to get together and watch a movie together and talk about it. Um, on top of that, you can always reach out to me at DiscussMetalDan at gmail.com. You can send me a tweet at DiscussMetalDan. You can find me under Daniel Terry on Facebook if you're uh, really 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 wanting to get in touch
1: and if you would like to keep up with everything this podcast you can find us simply enough at bruce speak pod on facebook twitter and instagram uh follow us on youtube as well we put it up over there if that's an applicable way for you to listen to the podcast there are some videos where they apply of doing them in person if you would like to support us non-monetarily hey whatever you're listening to this on currently look at your fucking phone look at your computer whatever it is uh, there's probably a subscribe button uh, somewhere on there. Uh, just go ahead and push that right now. We'll wait for probably, you. Probably, yeah. We'll wait yeah. for you.
0: Did, did you do it yet? Cue the hold music.
1: Okay. Uh, so now that you've done that, uh, there's probably another feature on there where you can, you know, write a review, uh, whether you're on iTunes or, or whatever. Uh, So go ahead and do that, and uh, that helps us out tremendously. And that's a way you can support us non-monetarily. If you would like to support us monetarily, you can go over to patreon.com slash brewspeakpod and donate some money to us, whether it be a dollar or two or however much you want to. And uh, we have some bonus episodes up over there. Maybe we'll do another one talking about...
0: What if I, like, didn't want to give you guys money and I wanted to spend money to get, like, I don't know, some, like, sweet testament gloves where could I get those? You know, now
1: we're we're talking about sponsors, and you know, sponsors are a way that we're able to do the show and you know, pay for really awesome things, which we'll talk about when we're done talking about our awesome sponsors. Um, if you go to rockabilia.com, they have awesome testament merch. There's fucking gloves, there is patches, there's Gloves, there's keychains, there is t-shirts, there is a slew of testament merch. So, head on over to rockabilia.com. Get you some awesome swag. They have over 500,000 items, all kinds of bands, all kinds of movies. Anything that you might be into if you listen to this podcast, I guarantee they got something over at rockabilia.com for you. You don't have to ever worry about the integrity of the material, of the clothes, because you know it's authentic. It's sponsored and licensed through the bands. They actually give, you know, pay the bands to license the gear so you're you're kind of doing two good things you're supporting Rockabilia and you're supporting the bands you love what that's a win-win and if you're able to support them in these really rough economic times you know that's awesome because you know they're supporting us and we'll tell you again in a second how that that money and those things go to help us here on the podcast but we really want you to if you can go support Rockabilia.com for supporting us uh on point palmade I know you're not really able to go hang out with your friends and, and make sure your appearance is on point, but fuck it. You need to have, you know, the other day I did my hair. I, I fucking flat ironed it and all that kind of stuff. And my wife did some make like put on her makeup because you need to do something that makes you feel normal in these unnormal times we're in. So look no further than On Point Pomade to make your beard and hair look great on point and make you feel good about yourself in these quarantine times maybe they don't want me to necessarily say that but fuck it i'm going to so head on over to onpointpalmade.com use our code bsp15 and you get 15 off your total purchase order support them for supporting us and lastly but not leastly is our sponsor and a long-time supporter in The Bean Bastard Coffee. I know a lot of you guys are stuck at home. A lot of you guys wake up and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I awake? Well, go support a local business, a small independent business, and go enjoy some delicious coffee. Buy some from the TheBeanBastard.com. Have it delivered to you. Know that you're supporting an independent company who is also enduring these tough times. And just enjoy a quality premium product. You know, a lot of times when we talk about brewing. And brutally speaking, it's about beer and alcohol, but it also stands and represents anything brewed. It could be coffee, could be tea, could be, you know, we. you don't brew water, but there is craft water out there now. And I know we haven't really hit on those things, but, you know, Bean Bastard Coffee is a premium product. And if you can afford to support another small independent business, please do such. I believe in their product. They make great coffee. They would really appreciate your support. So, All of our sponsors, if you have some extra money and you're able to support them, most of these companies are smaller, independent companies, and that's why we work with them is because... We want to support smaller independent companies like they are supporting us with these sponsors we're able to also reinvest the money back into some of the graphics and some of the ancillary things you're going to start seeing with our podcast and some of this money goes into someone like Samantha Nittle who is making our graphics for our social media uh, if you've been noticing over the last few weeks we've been making you know really great looking uh, graphics, audio cards, all these kind of things swipe up stories on Instagram and Facebook it's all because of her. And this is what we're trying to do is reinvest back into our... Presentation and just, you know, awesome things that make our podcast more enjoyable, look greater, and all these kind of things. So, if you think that we're just taking people's money and and going and buying space dust and half gallons of Evan Williams, well, I mean, we are, but we're also reinvesting the money back into something to where it looks better for you guys to all see it. So, support everyone who supports us in any way, shape, or form, whether they're sponsoring us, we're reinvesting the money back into them. That's how this whole Community thrives, uh, especially in this whole COVID 19 thing where well, there's a lot of uncertainty. And I know I talked a lot about <laughs> people and all this kind of shit, but these are the things that make this help to make this podcast happen weekly for free for all of you. So, for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. And we will talk to you all next time. Stay safe.